uh, for film's sake. I'm Chris Lucky here with. I'm Brian Archia. All right. I'm glad to be back for our second week and a lot of catching up to do. Um, so far, last week I brought up the uh, the OJ Simpson though, the People versus OJ last oh, week. Shit, that's right. How did that go? It was amazing. It's really? on FX. It's Kuba Gooding, Kuba Gooding Jr. did one of the best acting jobs I've seen him do since A Few Good Men. Isn't that the same guy, Kuba Gooding Jr.? Where mm-hmm. do I know him from? Uh, Snow Dogs, uh, Radio, oh, A Few Good Men. Uh, shoot, I couldn't think. Of, yeah, he's yeah. In, I, he's one of those guys that you know the name, but you never really yeah. put a face to it. Yeah, he, so uh, he did a good job on it. Then. He did an amazing job. He he kind of fell off the map over the past five years or so, but this this uh, mini series is gonna put him back on the map. Huh. You know, this is we're only on episode one out of ten, but they have amazing people playing it. They have um. Let's see. Uh, David Schwimmer from Friends. He's playing a Robert Kardashian. You know that's um, Chris uh, Chris Jenner's ex husband, the one he died. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Kardashian's uh, father, a uh, late father. Uh, John Travolta is playing Robert Shapiro. What the fuck? John Travolta's in this? John Travolta's in it, and they have him looking <laughs> just like the you know, Robert Shapiro. And uh, Selma Blair, she's playing Chris Jenner. You know, okay. so I mean, I was surprised they let you know people play Chris Jenner, and the Kardashians are in it. You know, I would think that they were I, sort of. That was a weird thing because I only found out that the Kardashians were involved in this shit yeah. like two days ago when I saw a picture on Reddit. Oh wow! About the original court case and yeah. like the old lady Kardashian, the yeah. big mama Kardashian, Chris Kardashian, yeah, uh, was there, and I was like, "Well, yeah. what the fuck is she doing there?" Yeah, yeah she was. Uh, she was married to uh, Robert Kardashian at the time, who was uh, well, they were divorced by the time the murder happened. But uh, Robert Kardashian and uh, O.J. Simpson were best friends. Oh, okay. You know, so that's how they got tangled into that. And then eventually they had Robert Kardashian reinstate his uh, his license so he could practice law. But anyway, that's an amazing show on FX. Um, another thing that I want to bring up that I watched this week, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That, oh, yeah. that show, it fell off for two years. The past two seasons, it kind of fell off. This season, it's all the way back. All really? the way back. It's yeah. back to being funny. It's, they're exploring so many different things this season. And another thing I wanted to point out, like, have you seen the show Workaholics? Uh, no, but I know which one it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good show, but they draw off of um, alcohol, drugs, marijuana, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can get a really easy laugh like that, just like you can off a fart joke or a dick joke. Yeah. You know? But, um, but Always Sunny, they've never explored the idea of drugs whatsoever, you know? So they're just drawing from everything and still bringing the funny. You know, I mean, it's, this season's amazing. A lot of kudos to them for that. Um, and lastly, the thing that I watched was the uh, the Iowa caucus. It was uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the caucus thing. Yeah. That was that was really exciting because I didn't watch it, but I, I heard the news afterwards. Yeah. And it was really exciting to see a dude like Bernie Sanders. And I don't want to get too political. Yeah. No. But uh, a dude like Bernie Sanders that's sort of on. It's, he's doing it. He's like the independent politician. Yeah, basically. And like, like in, in the way that we're independent filmmakers. Yeah. So he's drawn his budget out from like the people that want to support him. Yeah. And he's really honest about shit. Yeah. It was really exciting to see a president or our candidate, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. that can carry that message. And like, because a lot of people don't like him because of that. Of course. And yeah. it's, in, it's incredible to see that at least he can tie with a huge candidate by being himself and yeah. it gives me some hope that maybe we'll get to see a lot more of that during the yeah. the the race. Yeah, like I'm I love the idea that he's taking no money from uh from prisons. You know, he's drawing a lot of his his money from the crowd, you know, like yeah. I said, it's just straight grassroots. So um we've seen the Iowa tide, he's going to New Hampshire. I'm gonna be looking forward to that. Um so that was this week in te- or last week in television from what we've seen. 
Well, what I seen, what did you uh, see this week that was good? Uh, that was interesting because I, I stayed away from television mm-hmm. for the most part. I have cable, but I barely watch it because yeah. it's like such a chore to like sit down at a specific time mm-hmm. and watch it. So I, I, I tend to stay away from television, but I did watch a couple of films. I watched uh, Chronicle mm-hmm. with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, it was directed by the guy that directed Fantastic Four, yeah. incidentally, the newest one, yeah. which I also watched. Mm-hmm. I watched Fan Four Stick. Oh, we're going to get into that. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, that movie was uh, like oddly frustrating to watch. Oh, we, it was we, really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to say the, the topic for today is superheroes, so it we're going to get into a, a little bit deeper. But I watched Fan Four Stick. Nice. And I was angry and disappointed in the same way that. When you get home at three in the morning, high in weed, mm-hmm. your dad is on the couch and he just looks at you, <laughs> just and just like, yeah, that that kind of look. I was yeah. it was just a frustrating film to watch. Yeah, and then I watched Running on Empty. We watched it twice. Yep, uh, which I actually wanted to bring up because I think this is fucking funny. Nice. All right. Uh, we have a class that we're exploring conceptual storytelling. Yes. We're both in the class together. Mm-hmm. And our teacher is this kind of guy, sort of charismatic, and he knows what he's talking about. Oh, and he's yeah. like, "Ah, oh, fuck you. That's not what it is. Give mm-hmm. me the answer. And he's great. I fucking love him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about running an empty. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get us to sort of get the concept of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to teach us, like, the relationship between protagonist and antagonist. Mm-hmm. And how conflict can hide in that relationship in filmmaking. And I think he's doing a pretty good job at it. Um but you, for example, you were a little angry at the movie because you didn't quite grasp what he was trying to say about the movie. But I have a completely different take on it. I feel like I was watching that movie from a different aspect of it. All right, now, of uh, people don't, that don't know about the movie uh, Running on Empty... Right, we should give a little summary. Yeah, a little summary. This is um, one of River Phoenix's, uh, the late River, River Phoenix's movies. Um, it was uh, 1988. Yeah. Who was uh, and Judd Hirsch? He was the other star yep. of the uh, the movie. You might know him from Taxi or Dear John. You know. And he was also movies. he's also recently you may have seen him in Mark Maron's show. Yeah, he's oh yeah the, yeah he's yeah. Uh, Mark Maron's dad. On there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah he's on there now. My my problem with it is I compare it to um you, you know the guy Julian Assange he uh, did the WikiLeaks and now he's in uh in Russia somewhere you know because we're looking for him in America. Yeah. Know? Now what he did was I feel like he did the right thing. You know, so he feels like he's in some type of righteous indignation because he felt like he did the right thing, you know, but what he did was still against the law. So he's on the run from the law for the rest of his life until he opens up about the truth. Now, in his scenario, he doesn't have a daughter, a son, or a family that are going to be affected by what he's done. Yeah. You know, in this movie, they have it's a, a wife, a husband, and two children who are there. They're taking on the lamb with them, with complete disrespect to those children's lives. You know, they would rather continue to live this lie, this lie, and keep their their children to themselves selfishly than to turn themselves into the police and tell them what they did and, and let the kids, let them kids live exactly. And even in the end, they still when they let go of uh, River Phoenix, they still kept the young child. You know, to continue <laughs> this terrible life. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Ugh. No, it's definitely one of those movies because uh, I think, uh, like, as a plot for the movie, the movie's definitely trying to get into the sort of like. Uh, they're not exploring the consequences of what the parents did, which mm. was blow up like a napalm yeah. factory. Yeah. Uh, they're not trying to explore the consequences of that. They're mm. trying, I think, to explore the relationship between the dad and the and son. son. Mm. Uh, and so watching the movie from your angle, which is sort of like, well, these people are assholes. Yeah. Why are they ruining this kid's life? Mm. Versus watching it from like, 
Well, they did that, yes, and they thought it was the right thing. Mm. So what's going to happen with the son now that he has a girlfriend and he wants to stay behind mm. in his home place and he doesn't want to run with the family anymore? Mm. So how does that relationship affect? That's the way I watched the movie. Mm. And so I think that that made the movie a little bit more concrete okay. to me. Yeah. And But I thought it was funny because we walked out of the class. And, like, seven of us were going, like, well, what the fuck is that movie? Say? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I just want to point that out. It's just one of my favorites. It's a really good movie if you haven't seen it. No, yeah, it, it definitely is good. Yeah. It is good. It just, it kind of irked me. Just a little I bit. also saw yeah. it two times because I saw yeah. it before the class and after mm-hmm. the class. Yeah. So that might have felt. But I can see why it would irk someone. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even mm-hmm. go that deep into the character development of River's brother. You yeah, know? but even even still, I have to feel some type of way about his character <laughs> who gets no resolution. Like nothing good happens for that kid. No, you know? nothing good happens for the father or the mother. It's just we're invested in Rivers' character, and then he gets his resolution and conclusion, and we're supposed to be happy with that. But we yeah. still have three, two, quote unquote, terrible people. Well, I mean, you know, I can't say bad. It's like what they did was righteously good. That's something that I would hope that I had the guts to do something like that myself. Yeah. But in the in the same sentence. You have children that you're raising. You don't want to subject them to that type of lifestyle for their life. You know, that's yeah. not a choice that they made themselves. It's definitely one of those movies that makes you think. All right, well, what the fuck is yeah. the right thing to do? Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's a good movie yeah. in the fact that it makes you think. It, it really is. Does. It really is. Very and the director was Sidney Lumon. Is that um, his name? I think I it's Sidney Lumon. Uh, really good director. I'm gonna go look up his other stuff eventually, like during later on the week to mm-hmm. find them, because the our teacher told us that no two movies he directs are the same. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding them. That's pretty much all I saw. I saw Chronicles, Fan Stick, and then Running on Empty in the weekend. Yeah. And then I'm looking forward to watching Inside Lou and Davis. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, which I'm super. I really am excited about. I've heard really good things. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna watch it before I go watch Hell Caesar. Mm. Which comes out this week, February fifth. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't, uh, you probably the movie's gonna be out by the time this releases. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't seen Hell Caesar, it looks really fucking funny. It does, and it's one. It looks like one of those traditional Coen Brothers comedy. Yeah, that it, the plot's barely there, but it still manages to be really fucking funny. Have you seen what's happening with Channing Tatum? Uh, he's been really good. <laughs> yes. What the fuck is up with Tatum? I mean, he's, he's not, been impressing me. He's not just like the stripper magic my guy anymore. <laughs> you know, he's getting he's working with credible directors. Yeah, you know, with and, Tarantino and the Coen Brothers, like wow. And not only that, but he's doing very good in those papers, in those roles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I loved him in the Hateful Eight. It was probably my favorite character Monty. in the Hateful Eight. Monty. Uh, apart from Sam. Sam, which one? Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Channing Tatum's doing really good for himself. He's I'm really up. excited to see what he's got. Yeah. yeah, they have an amazing cast. Scarlett Johansson's in there. I mean, she's easy to look at. So, George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney. This is his fourth film working with the Corn Brothers. Really? His fourth film. Uh, what was it? Intolerable Cruelty was the first one. Uh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, was okay. the second one. And then my favorite Corn Brothers movie, uh, Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. I haven't seen that one. That's amazing. Brad Pitt's in that one. Yeah. Uh, that's oh yeah, I remember that. That's where Brad Pitt gets shot, the shot in the, in the head face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great. Yeah. So uh, I've only seen the Big Lebowski mm. uh, from the Coen Brothers and Fargo. I've only okay. seen those two. Yeah. So I feel like I'm missing out on huge, huge cinema. They're I gotta, amazing. I gotta catch up. Like I said, when I talk about directors that I love, like they're so high on the list that I can't even put them as the the group that I aspire to be is just outer space <laughs> so far away that I can't even let me get to step two before I look at step one million. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, wow, but yeah, they're amazing. I'm really um, looking forward to Hell Caesar. Mm-hmm. That's coming out this weekend. Yep. Uh, looking forward to Deadpool, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
because the marketing for that movie yeah, has been fucking amazing. Brilliant marketing. <laughs> Love the marketing for that movie. It's been one of my favorite campaigns yeah. in recent memory. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for Deadpool that comes out on the 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something else that I was excited about, and I don't exactly remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to figure it out later, but I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but cinema, I think, generally, uh, I mean, 2016, really, really good pickup for cinema. Let's hope so. Because 2015 was really shit until the last months. Yeah. And then it, we're picking up and we're carrying that trend into the beginning of 2016. I hope that continues. And I hope that it continues. Yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, oh, another thing that I want to talk about before the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how we're all fucked up by global warming and all that shit? Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is making a movie that takes place in 2049. I think he's producing it. It takes place in 2049 about the Earth breaking point mm-hmm. at, at the consequence of global warming. You know global warming isn't real, right? <laughs> Fuck out of my house. <laughs> Start hanging out with B.O.B. Exactly. Earth is flat. Global warming isn't real. Like, none of that. <laughs> but uh, Leo's producing that movie. I don't know what stage of production it's on, mm. but I guess they made an announcement for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how Leo produces a movie. I don't think... Has he ever produced anything before? Not that I know of. No, yeah, so I'm excited to see how he handles that shit. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that was kind of interesting that I just lost track of. It was in my head. Hmm. And I fucking lost it. We might be able to find it at the end, at the wrap-up. Probably. Uh, I hate it when that shit happens. Especially when there's a microphone in your face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning back in. This is episode two of For Film's Sake. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll be right back with some superhero talk. Nice. Sweet. (laughs) You know what's cool is we actually have a theme song now. We do, <laughs> don't we? Yeah. <laughs> right, so um, I guess you guys just heard that. Welcome back to For Film's Sake. Uh, this is our episode number two, and we're going to discuss superheroes, superhero movies, television, anything involving superheroes. Yeah. Now, Which lately is a lot of material, lots, actually. Lots of material. Now, before we get too far into it, I, I we're going to go into the fan four stick. You know, I'm, I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan. Like, I, I, I love them more than the Avengers, more than X-Men. Fantastic Four was my my number one thing in life that I had, you know, before X-Men was around. You grew up um, with Fantastic Four, I grew up with, yeah, I did. And I, I loved it. I mean, it, it wasn't about the superpowers. It was the family. Yeah. You know, and one, one person in Fantastic Four, on their own, they're shit. You know, that's true. You know, you can Wolverine go off on his own, Captain America can go off on his own. Fantastic Four is a cohesive group, and I really love that aspect about it in family. But before we get into that, my beef with this, the whole every universe is Aquaman. <laughs> now, and, that, and that's that's the response I hear every time I bring up Aquaman. Wait, wait, no, I I want to. You went on for like oh, Fantastic Four was mm-hmm. all about family, mm-hmm. but first let's yep. talk about Aquaman. Yep. Let's let's yep. fucking. Yeah. We, all, all right, I'm going with it. Oh, yeah. What about Aquaman? What's up with Aquaman? Why is he getting? Why? What? Why the disrespect? I feel like <laughs> Aquaman does not get his just due, and he never has. All right. Now, if we look up the stats of Aquaman, <laughs> should he not be equivalent to someone like, say, a Magneto? Now, if Magneto can manipulate anything that has metal, iron, yeah. anything, even if you have iron in your body, he can draw that out of you. Yeah. You know, he can manipulate iron anywhere in the universe. Yeah. Now, Aquaman, he's not limited to manipulating the water in the ocean. He manipulates the water. We're made of water. He doesn't manipulate water, right? How does he not? 
No, he only talks to the things that are in the water. No, he, I mean, he talks to the water. I mean, he can manipulate the fishes and, and things like that. But he yeah. still manipulates water. He moves water. Does he? He moves water. I never knew that about him. What the I, fuck? For, for me, he was just the guy that talked to the bloody fish. Well, okay, I can see why people yeah. would underestimate Aquaman if he's just like <laughs> the, the fish whisperer, you know, <laughs> or something. <laughs> no. No, but I mean, if he's supposed to have the power to manipulate water. See, I, I think that most people don't know that. Yeah. And I think that's why Aquaman gets a bad rap. Yeah, yeah. Because for us, he's just a fish whisperer. He just yeah. tells a giant turtle to go do something. Yeah. And then he just sits there with like a pina colada. Yeah, I mean, he's essentially, did you see a, a cartoon from the 90s called Captain Planet? Yeah. There, there was a, one I of the characters. I love Captain Planet. It was amazing. <laughs> the <laughs> one character, great. he had heart. You know, he had a ring in his heart. <laughs> so all he could do was just manipulate animals to do whatever he wanted to do. So uh, Aquaman is no better than the dude from Captain America if that's his only power. Yeah, Captain know? Planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Captain, uh, fuck me, uh, Aquaman mm-hmm. is sort of that outcast of like the Justice League. Yeah. Which is like, okay, we know that you're here, mm-hmm. but why? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I, I, Plus, he's never had really good adaptations. No, the, the best adaptation of Aquaman that I've seen was uh, in the video game God Injustice. Mm. Injustice, God Injustice. Among Us. Yeah. That was the best Aquaman that I've seen. But other than that, Aquaman's just kind of like Aquaman. The, the best Aquaman I've seen was when Vinny Chase played Aquaman in the show Entourage. <laughs> That's the best Aquaman that I've seen. The movie was directed and produced by James Cameron in a fictional television show, and that's the best Aquaman that we've had. <laughs> I, I, I feel your gripe with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get an Aquaman movie soon. I mean, I'm just I hoping. I don't think All so. Right, so that, that was my underdog that I wanted to slip in. Now I want to go look at the person who is getting all the attention, and I don't understand why. Because when I was growing up, nobody cared about this guy. I still don't really care about this guy. But now you see it everywhere. I assume you know who I'm talking about is fucking Captain America. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, since when... All right, first of all, before you go talking, yep. I absolutely understand your point. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of fucking Steve Rogers. Yes! Captain America bullshit. It's like Tony Stark is a more, it's an infinitely more interesting character than Captain yes, America. Yes, he is. Yes, like go can, on. Can I can I not be Captain America? Like, do I, all I need is the juice? I mean, if you if you hook me up with a serum and my body does not reject it, now that's that's only, that's the one thing that I've that I've heard from people. It's like you can't be Captain America because your body wouldn't uh, accept the serum. You know, so is that what makes him a superhero? His ability to accept the serum to become Captain America? Well, that's is just he, fucking genetics, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what is super about that? Well, with what we call a mutant, um, that's part of the genetics too, though, I will believe. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, but, but basically what I'm saying is, Captain America, you shoot him up with some juice, and you put a suit on him, and now he's looked regarded as like the most elite hero out here. I fucking hate it. Really? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I was never a fan. I, I like the, the concept of Captain America. I mean, he's all right, but he's not yeah. the best superhero in the universe. I don't need to see 10 Captain America shirts every time I walk out the street. You know, it's everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, he, he's now, like, the leader of the event. The Civil War movie is just basically Iron Man and Captain America now. Yeah. You know? At, that, at this point, it's just like that. Yeah. It's Iron Man getting sassy with Captain America. Because Captain America can't get over a boy crush from the fucking 40s. That's exactly. What, that's what that movie is. Yeah, you know. And, okay, here's here's my thing about Cap, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what the fuck is his name? Chris Evans? Oh, Chris Evans, yeah. Chris Evans. Exactly. 
Chris Evans did an amazing Captain America. The yeah. first movie, okay, the first movie was shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Captain America the first one. You didn't like the first Captain America? No, it was I like the first Captain America better than the second one. That's okay. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter the second? Soldier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Here's the reason why I didn't like Captain America. Is it just Captain America? The first, the first Avenger. one was just, yeah. The first Avenger. Here's okay. why I don't like that one. Mm-hmm. For half the movie, Steve Rogers or Captain America was a fucking showgirl. Yeah. They just paraded him around in armies and he did nothing for half the movie. Yeah. And then suddenly he's like, oh, I gotta go save the world. Yay, I'm Captain America. And I was yeah. like, okay, I, I get what they were trying to do. It had a nice buildup. Yeah. But it just, it didn't work for me. There was not enough payoff for like the amount of buildup that I that I was given. No. And I, and I didn't enjoy that one. But then I was like, okay, it's first Captain America. Marvel's kind of getting their handle on their superhero thing. Yeah. I watched the second one. I really liked it. The action was well done. Mm. The plot was eh. But we had an interesting character that served sort of like an antagonist for for Captain America. Mm. And I, I, I liked that a lot. I like Captain America too. And then the Avengers came out. Mm. I watched a couple of Thor movies and I saw sort of Marvel going from like, we don't really know how to make a superhero movie to like, we got the shit out of superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. And for me that happened right around Thor and Iron Man. Was the third one Three? the bad one or the two second one? They the say the one? second one was the bad one. I think one. the second yeah. one was the really bad one. Yeah. The one with uh, Whiplash. The yeah, second one. that's the second one. Uh, up until Iron Man 2. That's that's the one where they replaced Terrence Howard and put Don Cheadle in <laughs> as another black person that we didn't recognize. You know what that happened, right? Hmm? Terrence Howard they demanded a, a huge paycheck. And yep. Don Cheadle was in the room and I was like, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn right I will. <laughs> ah, fucking. But, okay, so it was Iron Man, Captain America, Captain America 2. Yeah. And then Iron Man 2. No, Captain America, Iron Man 2. Mm. Iron... Uh, Thor was somewhere in there, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I saw them going from Iron Man, which is a really good movie, oh, yeah. to like Iron Man 2, which wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like revive it back with Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. and like a second, and like a good Thor movie and mm-hmm. like a good Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. And then all of that led up to the Avengers, which yeah. was really good. That first one, yeah, amazing. But I never understood why Captain America was at the forefront of all of it. I mean, you might as well put, like, Dudley Do-Right in the suit. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, that's that's what I see when I see Captain America. Like, I wouldn't want to go hang out with Captain America. I don't want to have a beer with Captain America. I don't want to invite him in my house and watch the football game with Captain America. Like, he just seems like he's going to go to, hey, I think you should uh, slow down on that drink, and that's your second beer. Maybe you should go ahead and hang. I'm like, what? The, you know, he just doesn't seem like an interesting person, even outside of all the superhero powers. Yeah, he's not a, I like the way they portray him, but I don't think he's an inherently interesting character. No. So, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Cap either. But that being said, mm-hmm. uh, Avengers did a good job of putting all of those previous movies together. Yes, and I think that here's the thing about Marvel. Mm-hmm. I think that they were smart because they made a lot of movies that led up to one movie. Yeah, and then now we have one movie that serves as a setup for the other movies that are coming out, mm-hmm. and that movie is Avengers: Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which I did not like. Uh, it wasn't a bad movie, but in comparison, like you, the first Avengers movie was so good. It was like it, it set the bar. Yeah, you know. So I mean, anything com- coming after that wasn't gonna be as good. Mm. You know, Age of Ultron it fell short. What did it get? Like eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. So that's still very good, but in comparison to what we had before. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like uh, it's just like having a really good pizza. Mm. You're never gonna get the same pizza ever again. No. No. no matter how much you try. No. That analogy doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just feel like like Captain America and Marvel Universe is now being victim of trying to make too many superhero movies. No, yeah. And they're getting fucked yeah. by DC now. Yeah. 
that is sort of selective about their superhero movies. They definitely are. They're and doing a good job by it. They, and whenever they make a superhero movie, usually it's really good. It is. Uh, what was the last one? Uh, the last superhero movie from DC. I think it was uh, Man of Steel, wasn't it? That may have been. That may have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man of Steel for me it was like, an okay movie. I liked I was, it. it was too loud, but it was a really it was a good movie. Yeah, it was really I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that DC is sort of which is one of our things, Marvel versus DC. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Marvel has sort of oversaturated themselves mm -hmm. with superheroes, while DC has sort of I've kept it sort of like, well, maybe we just make five movies a year, mm -hmm. or maybe we just make two movies a year. Mm -hmm. And we just let them deal with the rest. And yeah. we'll get Suicide Squad and and Batman vs. Superman and we'll just get fan service. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the on the same in the same vein, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this Captain America thing. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna leave the Captain America thing. But um what I really did love, the actor we brought up uh, Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. Chris Evans played Captain America and before that he played <laughs> my favorite character in Johnny the Human Torch. Yeah. You know? He did. So jealous of that one actor getting to play, you know, both of those characters. But the uh, the Fantastic Four movie before the reboot, you know, you played the um, in Fantastic Four. What is it? Two thousand and five. I think so. Yeah. With uh, Jessica Alba. Jess Jessica Alba and um, other characters that I can't remember. Ben, at the time. whatever the fuck. Yeah, I, I, he was a good actor. I just don't remember his name. Yeah, that's I really actually like that movie. The first one wasn't terrible. Yeah, you know, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But okay, here's ugh, fuck. let's go back to Fan Stick for mm -hmm. a quick second. Yep. Let's hold it back. We went on and ran about Marvel vs. DC. Mm -hmm. Fan Fan Stick. I think here's why it didn't work. Okay. It tried to be really gritty right. and really sort of serious and grotesque. And mm. you can see that by the first half of the movie. Yeah. You can definitely tell in the first half that, who's the fuck directed it? Uh, Josh Tank? I can't remember his name. I, I don't think he has a career any longer, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think it was John John Tank or Josh mm. Tank or something like that. Mm. He directs the Chronicle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that guy, you can tell he was going for like a darker interpretation of Fantastic Four. Yeah. And it was working. The first time? It was working. So fine. Mm -hmm. But then Disney got scared and thought it would be hard to market. Is yeah. it Disney? I'm not Fox, sure. Fox, it's Fox. Oh, yeah, Fox. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% it is Fox, yep. Yeah. Uh, Fox got scared about how hard it would be to market. Yeah. And because of that, they fucked up the movie because they changed the script so much that I think that whatever Josh had planned or John had planned... Mm. Uh, went out the drain and they had to call everybody for reshoots and it was a rushed ending and yeah. it sucked. So like after the movie says the one year mark, mm -hmm. like one year later, it's such crap. It's so frustrating to watch. It is. I mean, and, and Fox, I'm 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 gonna put the blame a lot on Fox. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're gonna put your trust into a director and believe in his vision, don't cut him off at the end when it's time to present it to the audience. You know, like understandably, Fox thought they were gonna be selling a family movie to families, you know, yeah. to go watch. And then when they seen the the product, it wasn't that, you mm -hmm. know, it was uh, the, the demographic they were going for was the the 15 to 30 something that loves, you know, the, the previous any Marvel movie that they seen, you know. Yeah. But even in the trailers, you can tell that, the, that they went a different direction. They because did. the first trailer was really good. Mm -hmm. And like the color correction, it was like the sort of green hue yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah. And it looked pretty and interesting. And then the trailer just became blue and bland about the end, uh, yeah. by, towards the end. Yeah. So th that was my girl with Fantastic Four mm. in general. Is that We took four superheroes that are supposed to be fun. Yeah. The Fantastic Four aren't gritty, bad, or like morally ambiguous superheroes. Mm. They're supposed to be fun for the, like, just fun and quirky. Yeah. That's what Fantastic Four says to me. Yeah. And they try to make them gritty and 
and dark mm -hmm. for a crowd that doesn't see the benefit of gritty and dark. Yeah. And so that movie just so flat. Yeah. For that because of me. And it was, and it was really frustrating because I wanted it to work. Yeah. I wanted it to work so fucking badly. Three fuck-ups on Fanforstic. Yep. Uh, we, I, I'm gonna give him. We're not gonna get one property for a long time, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him one more movie before I give up with the franchise. Oh, I'm gonna watch every single one. Yeah. I mean, you can put out <laughs> crap sandwiches here for the next twenty years, and I'll watch every single one. But you got to give me a good one. Just, get, just keep shooting till you hit. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those franchises. Yeah. Uh, so we already hit Marvel versus DC, mm -hmm. and Marvel's doing a really good thing with their cinematic universe. Yeah. Uh, they're doing some television shows. Oh yeah. Which. The ones outside of Netflix, I don't know enough about, like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever the fuck. I haven't been paying attention and to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the other lady? What was the, the female, the badass lady spy show? Is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too? Nah, I haven't well, been paying whatever. attention to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. Uh, so they have, they have those two network television shows. Mm -hmm. But then they've released the net, the Netflix ones, which is uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Yes, and coming soon, um, are they going to call it Power Man, or is it going to be Luke Cage? I think it's going to be Luke Cage. Okay, well, yeah, that's uh, another extension yeah. of Marvel. So that's going to be great. So Marvel, I feel like they, they realize that movies aren't for them anymore mm -hmm. in terms of, like, huge profit-making, or huge, not profit, because the movies definitely made more profit, mm -hmm. but huge fan base things. Yeah. I feel like they're they're gonna move more into Netflix and all that stuff. Depending upon the superhero, because I don't, yeah. I don't think you could sell Jessica Jones to a broad audience who thought, oh, doesn't yeah. know who that is, or Luke Cage. I don't think ninety percent of you know. I mean, there, there's a niche group who knows who Luke Cage is. The people that really care about Marvel and comics, they know who that is. But my mother doesn't. You know, yeah, my mother knows who Wolverine is, <laughs> you know? but she has no idea who Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. Daredevil, you know, they tried that in the theaters, but there's just not a broad enough audience, you know, to, to well, sell it's tickets. Also, it's also hard because these characters are so complex yeah. that it's so difficult to capture them in an hour mm -hmm. and 30 minutes. If you make the movie two and a half hours, mm -hmm. even then it's difficult yeah. to, like, capture a character as complex as Daredevil or Jessica mm -hmm. in, 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 in the big screen. So I think, that, I think that Marvel has done a really smart thing where they've kept their mainstream superheroes on the big screen mm -hmm. with your Captain America and your Iron Man yeah. and then all those other guys mm -hmm. and they've sort of let the underdogs yeah. have their own field to play with in Netflix yeah. and I'm really excited for it because Daredevil was my favorite show on Netflix until Jessica Jones came, that mm -hmm. came out mm -hmm. but then Jessica Jones was like holy shit this is really good and I, I, I was really invested in Jessica Jones. What did you think about it? After we talked a little bit about it on uh, episode one, I went back and talked to my girlfriend, and you changed my opinion about Jessica Jones. How's that? Uh, before, I rated Daredevil a little higher than Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend's like, you're crazy. Like, Jessica Jones <laughs> is way better. It you is. Know? And now I'm looking at it from your perspective. What you were saying is um, in Daredevil, you essentially have three characters who have any kind of character depth to them. Yeah. You know? In Jessica Jones, there are five plus characters who are who have depth and you are invested in. Yeah. You know, any character that's going to be on the screen for any significant amount of time, they're giving that character depth for you to care about them or understand the situation outside of just being seen right there at the moment. Yeah. You know, so with that, I mean, Jessica Jones, and like you said, it was written by a, a woman, I believe. It was Melissa Rosenberg, I think. Melissa Rosenberg. I mean, it is an amazing job as far as writing. I mean, I yeah, love it was. She's a great showrunner. Yeah. And but. The greatest thing I like about that show, apart from the character, is that everything felt real. Everything was really oh, yeah. grounded. Because I wasn't, for me, 
Captain America and Avengers and whatever feels like superheroes. Movie, yeah. They're superheroes, and that will never happen. Yeah. There's no way any of that shit will happen. Yeah. But Jessica Jones, I felt like if I was walking down the streets in New York and I saw, like, a British dude telling people to, like, throw coffee in their faces, mm-hmm. I would be like, ah, shit, that's happening. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. So Jessica Jones felt so much more grounded in reality because the characters felt like they were doing things outside of the screen. And Kilgrave was one of the most amazing villains that I've seen. Mm. So Marvel is Marvel has gotten their shit right in terms of how to portray superheroes. Definitely, I think what they're now being in trouble of is having too many superheroes. I mean, can can you have too many superheroes? Yeah, like, can. no, no. I mean, I know that you can, but um, when the mar- the market dictates how many superheroes you can have, and yeah. every time that you put one out, if you're drawing audiences, then they're gonna keep ma- they're gonna create more superheroes, you know, to bring yeah. in just because people are gonna go watch it no matter what. You can have the uh, the Civil War movie. You don't even need Reed Richards or the Fantastic Four, who was an essential part to that Civil War story, and you can put the movie out, and it's still gonna gross millions of dollars because they're gonna watch it. You know, so I agree we have too many superheroes, but the market dictates that we. Do I just not. <laughs> don't. I just don't care about Marvel superheroes anymore. I just don't care. Mm, I, for I, the most part, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tony Stark and Captain America can duke it out, and I'd be like, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. But I don't care. I'm not invested in them because I know they can kill Iron Man. I mm. know they can kill Captain America. Mm. They can kill Black Widow. Mm-mm. They can't kill any of those guys. So I know there's no risk in their storylines because they're no. all gonna come out on top. Yeah. But when you're giving me shows like Daredevil or Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. any one of those fuckers can bite it. And another great thing that I like about that show, they're not forcing the superhero aspect of the characters. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I mean, in, in any of them, Luke Cage, I mean, he has a superpower, but it's not based around that. Jessica Jones, how often did she even use any of her power? She in uses them maybe 20 times towards the end. Yeah, yeah, towards the end. Yeah. You know, like the first four or five episodes, I think she just leaps a, a good mm-hmm. distance one time, you know. And uh, she beats a couple of people's ass, you know, in school. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's, it's not featured around that. And I'm, I think that's really cool. Even Daredevil is featured around the, uh, the the lawyer and the crime aspect of it, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all three. Well, when Luke Cage comes out, all three of those shows, I'm sure, are going to be amazing next season. And compared to versus DC, which is sort of selective and dark and dialogue-based superhero movies, I think. Mm. They're a little bit more centric in the characters. Mm. I really like DC movies. They're actually really good. Except for the Dark Knight. Uh, not the the last one. The, the Dark Knight Rises. The last one? The one with Bane? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't fancy that too much. But I can see why that movie got fucked. Uh, Heath Ledger died or fucked other plans. Mm. I can see it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but DC is, for me, this. I'm more hopeful in DC now mm. than I am in, in Marvel. Yeah. Because DC doesn't have the oversaturation that Marvel does. They do not. So they're taking their time with their movies. Yeah. Uh, but is Deadpool Marvel? Yeah, that's Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Talk about Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> I love Deadpool. What's the guy that's, uh, that's playing? Uh, is it Ryan Gosling? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. There yeah. we go. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he's he did uh, Green Lantern too, didn't he? He did Green Lantern. Yeah. They make fun of it a lot in this marketing campaign. Obviously, it was like, um, <laughs> where's the, he's out? Where's Green Lantern? He's out pretending to be Deadpool. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. Like we were saying in the opening, the um, the marketing for this is amazing. So good. Like they're going the full social media route and they're going after their target audience and it's working it totally is <laughs> yeah. and like not only are they like going the social media route but like even their billboards are funny it is like they have a skull and then like a like a poop 
with an L. Yeah. It's Deadpool. Yeah. And it took me Deadpool. a second to get it. I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, that's Deadpool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the marketing campaign for Deadpool has been amazing. Yeah. And I am so, so excited to go see that movie. Oh, yeah. And Ryan Reynolds has done a fantastic job at being Deadpool. I mean, this guy works. This guy yeah. works hard. I mean, I, I was questionable about him up until about six or seven years ago. You know, I thought he was just going to be a comedic actor. And in, in a sense, he, he somewhat is. You yeah. know, but he puts 110% into his craft. There was a film about uh, three or four years ago to where he had to be uh, buried alive inside of a casket. I saw that, yeah. yeah. It's called yeah. Buried Alive. Buried Alive, there we go, yeah. yeah. Um, aptly not titled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had to do that. So, I mean, he actually had to, you know, do a lot of that work, actually be in the ground, covered up for a good amount of time. He's had a, a number of uh, roles to where he had to completely transform his body, you know. And for some reason, the Oscars do give a lot of credit to when you actually have to transform your body or uh, become a different person, you mm -hmm. know. But it takes work to sit there and only eat uh, chicken breast and rice and broccoli for six months straight so you can look good for a film. Yeah, you know, so I mean, he's, he's invested in his craft. So I think he's going to pull off this Deadpool pretty well. And not only, like, even his appearances, mm. like, you can tell, it's kind of like uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Mm. Like, the fuck is that? Even in media appearances, <laughs> <laughs> even in media appearances, uh, Ryan Reynolds feels like Deadpool. He's sort yeah. of smart, witty, funny. Yeah. And the, just the videos that have come out, the trailers have been really funny. Yeah. They've stuck to their guns about saying this isn't going to be a PG-13 movie. Mm -hmm. It's going to be R-rated. Yep. So if you're an angry mom that's petitioning for this movie to be PG-13, fuck you. Yeah. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. It's not happening. And rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm really I'm really excited about that movie. Yeah. I think it's been, it's one of the most interesting, one of the most funny superheroes ever. Yeah. I it's mean, a, they, they went that way with uh, Ant-Man. They took mm -hmm. the comical approach, but I'm thinking Deadpool is going to go even further. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the, the value of the comedy, I think, is a lot different. Yeah. Uh, what else? Suicide Squad is coming out shortly after that, I believe. That's right. Yeah. We have, uh, is it March? March something? Uh, sometime in March, yeah, next yeah. month. I'm excited about Suicide Squad as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, here's why I'm excited about Suicide Squad. Mm. First of all, it's a, it's only bad guys, pretty much. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I found out about the Suicide Squad comic storyline like a year ago. Okay. And I know nothing about it. You know, you've known it longer than I have. Yeah. Like I picked it up six <laughs> months ago or so. <laughs> yeah, some of that. Yeah. It's kind of like an unknown storyline. And mm. I think that's why DC's getting more success. Because mm. they kind of picked this like weird sideline stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's refreshing. Uh, but I'm excited for two people, three people in this movie. Mm. Will Smith as Deadshot. Yes. Uh, Margot Robbie. Is that, that her name? That's uh, playing uh, Harley Quinn? Yeah. Oh, Mar shit. Margo? Mm -hmm. I think that's her name, yeah. She's playing Harley Quinn. She's beautiful, and she looks like she's going to rock the shit out of Harley Quinn. There's been some backlash about her character well, from uh, women saying that she's being over, overly sexualized. But that's fucking Harley Quinn, though. It is. That's all Harley Quinn. It Harley is. Quinn is an over-sexualized, crazy person. Mm -hmm. She was... Okay, Harley Quinn, she was a normal person. Mm -hmm. And the Joker drove her insane. Yep. She's insane. Yes. She's going to be, like, hypersexualized. She's going to be neurotic. She's going to be psychotic. She's mm -hmm. going to be all of those things that people th have stereotypes about women being mm -hmm. because she's insane. Yes. She has <laughs> been driven by the Joker to what she is. So, I mean, yeah. if you don't understand the Joker's character, speaking of, do you have a, a, a particular Joker that you favor? Right now, it's Heath Ledger's. 
All right. Heath Ledger's Joker. He did amazing. Uh, he, yeah, that's your fault. Yeah, yeah he put, <laughs> Heath Ledger did an amazing job. I think it's just the nostalgia is why I'm keeping Jack in the Jack uh, Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love that. I mean, and it was, he's the creepiest one. That's for is. sure. And it's just it's a different take. I mean, they they may be equal, but the Jack's version was a little more comical, and I felt that was the essence of uh, Joker. of Joker. But then when I seen Heath's version, and I was like, wow, this is still keeping the comical version of it, but a lot darker. Yeah. And I and I can't say that that's not the true essence of it as well. You know, I think I think something's interesting happened with the Joker, mm. and it's like it's like a Jane Spawn oh. kind of thing, where mm. like every actor takes his own approach on the Joker, mm. and like I feel like the Jack Nicholson was kind of like when everything was like funny and quirky, mm. and we had Batman versus Robin kind of Batman movies, yep. and uh, I think that's a product of that, and then Heath Ledger is a product of wanting to have a little bit more realism mm. with your superhero movies. Yeah. And then Jared Leto's Joker, which I'm super excited about, yes. is kind of the same as Heath Ledger's Joker. Just what would happen if it was more crazy? Yeah. And this one right here, there's a bar set. You know, when mm-hmm. Jack did his, there was a good, what, 10 to 13 years before we had Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. You know, so we're not looking at it through a, a microscope and it's so close. With this right here, the, the Heath Ledger paid Batman, what, five years ago? The, the time gap was so short that everyone remembers Heath Ledger as Joker. So yeah. when you go see this Suicide Squad, you're immediately thinking Heath Ledger. He's going to be compared to Heath Ledger, yeah, inevitably. He is. What, what I want to see is how long into the movie will he make me forget about Heath, Le- Heath Ledger's Joker and remember him as yeah. his own standalone version of Joker. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Jared Leto does. Jared Leto is one of those actors that gets really into his craft. Oh, yeah. And I'm super, yeah, and I'm super excited for him to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Squad, Squad, looking forward to it. Batman vs Superman, looking super forward to it. Uh, mostly because I want to see how they handle a really big action movie. Yeah. Because uh, they have huge set pieces, but nothing like Batman vs Superman. It's Zack Snyder. I want to see how he handles that kind of action. What's the guy playing uh, Lex Luthor? Uh, uh, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Social Network, great yeah. actor. He's he always plays that sort of like nervous, yeah. intellectual guy. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I, 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 I'm Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm smart. I, I'm totally smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind like of guy. The high anxiety guy at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I really am. I, I'm excited about all of these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that we're striking a bad pattern with them. I, I mean, yeah, we are going in a bad pattern. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, we both love superhero movies. Yeah, like, we do. We awesome. love them. You know, so the fact that you're putting out so many bad ones, I mean, if you have to continue to do that to give me one good superhero movie every now and mm-hmm. again, because I mean, once every few months, I'm going to go see a superhero movie. Yeah, because <laughs> they're, they're fun. They're supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I know we have two minutes left, mm-hmm. but let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit. Yes. Even if we go three minutes. Sure. Let's, yeah. let's talk Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Why the Guardians of the Galaxy work so well versus Ant-Man mm-hmm. or versus uh, Man of Steel? Mm-hmm. What was the difference between Guardians of the Galaxy and those movies? Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt was the, the difference there. I mean, is he he carried that role like nobody else could. I mean, he shot out of a rocket and has become a star now. He and has. I, you know, I wouldn't have seen that from Parks and Recreation to Lego Movie. I think we brought some of this up in episode one too. Mm-hmm. To Jurassic Park to this. He's got a wide range of work. He does. And it's awesome. Yeah. But Guardians of the Galaxy works so well for me as a movie because mm-hmm. not only was it funny it was yeah. the action was relatively well done mm-hmm. and 
these are characters that we know nothing about. That mm. normal people like you and I, yep. consumers no of superhero, have no idea. What the fuck I had no are. idea. So when Marvel decides we're gonna make a Guardians of the Galaxy movies, mm. uh, now you're stuck. with, okay, how do we make these characters interesting? Mm. And they did that very well. The pacing for these characters yeah. was really well. We learn about uh, Chris Pratt's story, yeah. uh, Rocket Raccoon's background, and they're all <laughs> sort of put together in little sections mm. of the movie. Okay, this is obviously Chris Pat's section. Mm. It's obviously focusing on, on Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. But you don't care about that because you know that it's a team coming together. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why Avengers worked so well. It did. It was a team coming together. And we were getting a universe built in front of our faces. Now, are we going to see the same drop-off in Guardians 2 that we did in uh, Avengers 2? Because we already so. have that universe yeah. and we already know who the characters are. I don't know how invested I was in... Um, uh, she, I can't think of her name in Guardians of the Galaxy. The she had the green. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not that invested in her character at all. Neither am I. She yeah. was. She was kind of like romantic fodder. Yeah, me. she was cool. But, yeah, yeah she's fine. Uh, yeah. That yeah, that's all she was. She was fine. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that for Guardians of the Galaxy two, because for Guardians of the Galaxy one, we had a an, like a bland villain. Yeah. Uh, but the reason we had a bland villain was because we had infinitely more interesting characters. Mm -hmm. So we can forgive the bland uh, villain so we can focus on the on this guys. Yeah. So for the next movie, we now need a super interesting villain. Mm -hmm. Way more interesting than uh, Lee Pace's character mm -hmm. because now we already have this guy's established. Yeah. So then for if we want to have a successful Guardians of the Galaxy movie too, I think the structure should be, all right, these guys are established. Now it's up to this guy to disrupt what they've established mm -hmm. and see how they can keep it together. It would be nice if they didn't kill that villain off at the end of this movie. Exactly. You know, don't yeah. just introduce a villain to me, you know, build him all the way up and then destroy him at the end and then we got to repeat this cycle for the third movie. Yeah. You know? And that's why I think Avengers 2 didn't work out. Mm. We had Hydra as the villain Hydra. for the first one. Yeah. Which was infinitely more... It's a fucking organization. <laughs> yes. It's an organization that's hell-bent on, like, screwing the Avengers over. Yeah. And that was interesting. It and was then Avengers 2, we got one guy... Yeah. And I was like, eh, he's funny. Yeah. He has gravity things on his hands. It wasn't enough. <laughs> it was not enough for me. It really wasn't. I, I want something. I want superhero movies to... Like, if, you, if you've got characters that are interesting, mm. you can make your villain a little bland. Yeah. But if your characters have been interesting for two movies, then it's time to make your villains more interesting. I agree. And I think that's where that's where we're falling short. Yeah. That being right. said, we're two minutes overboard. Yeah, so we have gone. Thoughts. We have gone over time. Uh, I have nothing except for uh, looking forward to a Suicide Squad and Deadpool yeah. that we're in. But um, we're gonna go ahead and go into our last segment and take a break. All right, sweet. Uh, not on that. We'll probably talk more about Deadpool in the next opening of the podcast. Sure. Which I think comes out after Deadpool releases. It does. I don't fucking know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking more about that for later. Thank you for watching. We're gonna take another one of those breaks and come back to our last 15 minutes. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing premieres. Sweet. All right, cheers. All right, looks good. All right, well, uh, welcome back to For Film's Sake. This is going to be our last segment here. As always, we're going to be doing our premieres and uh, what's coming up in the week in film and television. All right. What's coming up? So this, uh, the February the 4th, uh, Thursday, we have uh, Madoff after the fall. Uh, if you remember uh, Bernie Madoff, uh, oh, he was shit. famous for the Ponzi scheme yeah. uh, back some years ago. So they're going to be doing a complete uh, documentary style uh, movie on that, February the 4th. Where, where does it release? Uh, CBS. Okay. 
on uh, February the 5th of this Friday, Hannibal Burris. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, I love Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Hannibal. That's funny uh, shit. He was... Just uh, some pickle juice on my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal's hilarious. He, uh, his, his claim to fame, unfortunately, was the, um, the, the Bill Cosby uh, joke that uh, he really rose from that... Um, Pointing out that Bill Cosby is in fact a rapist. Yeah, yeah, he was the first dude that said that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were saying it before, you yeah. know, but he w- he got on stage and said it, you know. So kudos for, to him for outing something like that. Yeah. Uh, that same day, February the fifth, uh, Michael Jackson's journey from Motown to Off the Wall is going to be coming out uh, that same day. I'm the hugest Michael Jackson fan in the history of life, so I'm going to be watching that. The history of life. In the history of life. Now, the thing is, like, the same thing with Bill Cosby. Like, I have to look at artists differently now, mm-hmm. you know, because at one point, I, I would listen to Michael Jackson, and all the allegations were coming out, and I was like, no, Michael Jackson, I love Michael Jackson too much. He could never do something like that. No. And if I were to believe that he was doing those things, then I wouldn't be able to listen to the music the yeah. same way. But I, I feel like the the product of an artist as independent of the artist. It, that's that's where I, that's where it is exactly. Yeah. So as as I got older, you know, I started realizing like, you know, what if there there are people that can change their personalities completely, like say Bill Cosby, you know, who's uh, Cliff Huxtable on the on the Cosby Show. That's fucking and, right. Yeah, you know, but then outside of that, he's raping thirty to fifty, one hundred women. Yeah. You know, over the time span of thirty to forty years. You know, so I, do I have to give back every time I laughed at the Cosby Show? No, I can't give it back. You know, yeah. I've watched it, I've digested it, and it's become a part of me now. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I can't give that back. So I mean, it is independent of that artist. So um, yeah, Michael Jackson uh, journey from Motown to Off the Wall. What's that's, um. Sorry, finish. What's that releasing on and when is it coming out? Uh, that one right there is the same station as uh, CBS, okay. uh, February the 5th, Friday. Okay. Right. Does that comes out with Hannibal Buress' thing? Hannibal Buress is going to be on Friday. That's going to be on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hannibal Buress thing on Friday, uh, February the 5th. It's called Hannibal Buress uh, Comedy Commissado. Okay, that's a stand-up special? A stand-up special. Sweet. Now, he said he was going to name it. It was going to be Hannibal Buress' Twat Waffle. <laughs> Not joking. Dead serious. Now, that that was the original name of it. And he was like, I can't name it that. And you know I have some uh, relation to that word. You know, yeah. So I was glad that he did change that name. Um, February the 7th. This Sunday is Super Bowl 50. Ah, I said that's right. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, 50 years of Super Bowl? <laughs> 50 years of Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, so su- much Super Bowl. Super Bowl 50 is going to be uh, the Carolina Panthers versus the Denver Broncos. You know, seeing that we live here in Charlotte, I thought it was notable enough to uh, to bring up. Um, we're going to hope. I'm not even a Carolina Panthers fan. I'm, no, they're not. I yeah. hope we win just for the sake of winning. Exactly. I hope we win just for the city, you know, yeah. because the city is going to go crazy this Sunday if we do win. All right, so that's February the 7th. I'm sure y'all be watching that. If we don't win, there's going to be a whole bunch of, like, Panther shit on the city. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, you're going to walk around. It's going to be, like, the Walking Dead, but it's just banners, flags, and yeah. like, broken down T-shirts, and there's a kid crying in the corner. Yeah. Bro- broken dreams. <laughs> yeah. Just terribleness. Uh, the next day, February the 8th, a show called uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. That's going to be on Comedy Central. Yeah, that's, uh, I know that lady. I'm she, not sure. She was, I wasn't too into it when I first heard about it. I, I don't. I'm not sure what she's done before. I've seen yeah. the commercials uh, for it, so I'm gonna check it out. I always like to give one or two episodes and see what happens. Yeah, you know, that's ha- good. Actually, there's a lot of comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love comedy. So, hmm. uh, let's see here. And uh, February the fifth. Let's go to movies. That's all for this week and premieres for television. As far as movies, uh, we have February the fifth, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. 
not gonna see it. But I, <laughs> I, I saw I saw a review just before you came in here, mm. and they said, "Listen, it's Pride and Prejudice with a sprinkling of zombies." <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Pride and Prejudice with a sprinkle of zombies. <laughs> I mean, you can say that about any movie ever made and just like, oh, but we sprinkle zombies over the what, top of it. Well, yeah, what I mean is that, like, it's Pride and Prejudice, so you're mm. going to get your love triangle, yep. and you're going to get your Jane Austen drama, mm. but then you also get some zombies. That's what that is. So, the, I mean, this is uh, Dr. Zeus's green eggs and ham with a sprinkle of zombies. Like, I, I just don't get it. What's the concept of throwing zombies it feel, on it, something? It feels like, a, like, uh, like, what I heard the guy say, this is not me, this is uh, Jeremy Johns from YouTube. Mm. Uh, what I heard him say was that it's essentially just a Jane Austen drama, mm. except that occasionally some zombies got decapitated. Uh, it was kind of like, a, do you know how The Walking Dead is like a character mm, soap opera yep. with zombies? Yeah, it's not focused on the zombies. Exactly. Yet. It's mm. kind of like that, but instead of doing that, The Walking Dead is just Pride and Prejudice. Okay. That's the, the premise behind it. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm probably not going to go see it, but... I'll give it a go yeah. whenever it's available to me, like, really easily. I mean, I might get a good laugh. Yeah. You know, Ross, I mean, I might may check it out. We'll see. I have heard it's good. Uh, February 5th, we also have Hell Caesar. Hell right? Caesar, exactly. And the Coen Brothers. Yep. We uh, talked about it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. See, that that opening date's February the 5th. Hell Caesar, the Coen Brothers, looking forward to that. Heavy anticipation for it. I've, I've, I saw, there's two trailers for that movie that I saw, and I was like, one of them was like their whole rundown of the plot, usually how they do normal trailers. Mm -hmm. But then the second trailer was just uh, Raph Fiennes, who played, uh, I think he played Voldemort in the Harry Potters. Oh, I'm not sure. No, he played, uh, I, th I think it was him. He was in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, with Scorsese. Uh, he's a great actor, and he's there. And yeah. the second trailer is just a scene with, the, with him and the younger lead. Mm-hmm. And just their dialogue, and yeah. it just works as a trailer. I don't know why. It's the stupidest trailer ever. Nice. And I don't know why it works. Hell Caesar, really funny movie. Go check it out. It's the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers have been consistently good for like 20 years. I can't think <laughs> of a bad Coen Brothers movie. Now that, there's a few, but I can't think of them because the good ones are really good. I mean, they didn't. People didn't like Burn After Reading. It didn't. Um, it didn't turn up well in the theaters. But that's my favorite Coen Brothers yeah. movie. You know, so. Well, that doesn't mean that it's not a good... Like, if it didn't do well in theaters, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It does not mean it that. It just means that it just didn't do good in theaters. Or that the audience wasn't smart enough to understand what the hell was going on in the movie. <laughs> you know? Sometimes that happens, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, that's that's all for, for premieres in television and movies for this coming week. Go ahead and check it out at your own expense. <clears throat> and then obviously and Deadpool, like a week after, yeah. like in the 14th. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go see Deadpool. It's fucking funny. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be making announcements about that. Yeah. Is there anything else? Uh, yes, our epic fail of the week. Ah, shit, what's our epic fail? Epic fail of the week, and I'm guessing this is just going to be epic fail of the week, month, and my lifetime, <laughs> has been fan Fantastic Four, fan four stick. I mean, that's that's my epic fail. We're talking we're talking about superheroes today, yeah. and I was thinking of who failed this week in life, you know, but to go along with the, the theme of superheroes. of superheroes, I'm going with fan four stick. Fan four stick, yeah. I, it's just it's such a frustrating movie because it was good at the first forty minutes were good yeah and then it was shit yeah and then it just wasn't like Doctor Doom mm -hmm. the whole shit with his body fusing to the suit is like just give just let him he was there for a year mm -hmm. let him make the goddamn thing yeah he'll figure it out yeah. he can melt shit with his brain he'll fucking figure <laughs> out how to make a goddamn metal suit yeah I was I was angry about Doctor Doom yeah. As you can tell. Yeah. But then there was no build-up to anything. There, there was, was no build-up. There was. He, they fucking left them in the planet because they thought it was dead. Yep. And they came back and he just shows up and he's like, I knew you'd be back. 
And then he just starts blowing motherfuckers up. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this? There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no emotional connection. And it's so bad that because Doctor Doom is an amazing character. It's I mean, so from the comics, he's amazing, and they're just he's not getting his just due. But eventually it'll come around. But for now, they're receiving the epic fail of the lifetime <laughs> for screwing my childhood up uh, <laughs> in the Fantastic Four. And like it's like objectively, it's not a horrible movie. It's not no. horribly bad. It's not badly shot. No. It's not badly acted. Nope. It's not the fucking room with mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. You know. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 a frustrating movie, and I think that's why it deserves that. Because God damn it. Yeah. I really wanted to like it. I, I wanted to fucking like it. I did. Um, uh, anything else before we wrap it up? No, just closing thoughts. Just I'm getting tired of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about them anymore. Yep. I'm still going to watch them because I'm a slut for a good action movie. Damn right. I'm but I'm tired of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Superhero television shows I'm into. Yeah. Give me more Jessica Jones. Just... Mm. Just more Kilgrave. Kilgrave's dead now. What's her name? Uh, Kristen oh, Ritter, Kristen I Ritter. believe. Yes, yeah, give, give me more of that. She's great. Did, she was in the show called um, Don't, Don't Trust, Trust the Bee in, in Apartment 43. Yes. I watched, a, I watched a couple episodes, so that was really funny. She was amazing in that. I loved her in that. She's really good. Props to, honestly, I want to give props to Melissa Rosenberg. Who's that? Uh, the writer for, oh, for, for Jessica. Jessica Jones. Okay, yeah. I want to give her props because mm-hmm. she wrote female characters the way that you write male characters. Mm-hmm. And it works. Who the fuck would have thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and more people should learn from from that. That's that's what I'm really liking. That um, that superhero movies are exploring that more than Hollywood writers in general. Yeah. You know, you're writing for a character regardless of race or gender. Yeah. You know, just writing a good character with depth. You know. Like even Luke Cage. Luke Cage didn't feel like the black guy. In the no, movie. he was. He felt just, like a dude in the movie. He was a bartender that had a superpower and happened to be black. Yeah, exactly. You know. That's I want more of that writing, and I think that's why big Hollywood superhero movies are not doing it for me, because mm. everyone's just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm Captain America, yeah. and everyone's like, I don't. What do you do when you're not Captain America? Like, I want to know what you drink, he what you nothing. masturbate to when you're like being sad and alone, being Captain America. He jacks off to the History Channel. I mean, it's terrible. That's the shit I want to know about a superhero, and that's the shit that Daredevil and Jessica Jones gave me. They mm-hmm. gave me the subtleties of the superhero that were human. Yeah. Uh, like, Daredevil's just a dude. He got his ass kicked. Yeah. Got his ass fucking kicked. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he felt real because of that. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones, she's broken, has PTSD, emotionally traumat- traumatized. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just give me more of that. Give me more substance for characters. That's yeah. all I want. Well, it looks like we're on the way. We're on the right path, at least. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, right. As far as what do you recommend uh, for a watch? Oh yeah, um, let's see. I think I said always sunny. They're they're back. You know they're they're doing really well. Um, besides that, nothing off the top of my head that I could think of. That's that's really 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 good. The the OJ thing, the OJ thing. Like I said, that's yeah, okay. the, we're one episode into that, but that looks amazing. The cinematography, the writing, the acting. Is that a dramatized version of what happened, or is it a dramatized documentary? It's supposedly supposed to be exactly what happened, like not dramatizing, well, to a point. There was one scene where um, O.J. Simpson threatened to kill himself before the uh, the police were coming to get mm-hmm. him. And he was he was there with Robert Kardashian, and he was threatening to shoot him, blow his brains out. Uh, in, the, in the show, it says it was in Kim Kardashian's room, mm-hmm. but in reality, it was in Chloe's room. Right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's small things like that, but it's supposed to step by step by step. You know, because, I mean, the thing that, that rings so true to, for me is... I was of age to understand that the things that were going on in the case, like I got to see it step by step, 
And in my lifetime, that's the biggest case that has ever happened. Yeah. And one of the biggest injustices in our justice system. <laughs> Fucked up. You know? I, I, I think I'm going to check that out. I think I want to know how they handle that. Because it's, really it's, it's a very touchy touchy subject it, it is it is you know i mean it was more it was more than a murder of somebody i mean because at the time we're going through the rodney king issue mm-hmm. you know and then the the black and the white separation thing so then when it came time for the oj trial with him being married him black man being married to a white woman race came right back to it you know and um johnny cochran ended up being his lawyer and you'll, you'll have to watch it but it's, it's it's an amazing amazing series i'll definitely check it out my pick of the week for like a good movie mm-hmm. Would be in Bruges. In Bruges. Yeah, in Bruges. In Bruges. That's like a town in fucking Amsterdam. I feel like I've heard of that. Who uh, directed Colin that? Farrell. Uh, I don't know who the director is, but it's with Colin Farrell. Mm. And uh, I'll look it in up. In Bruges or something like that. I feel like I've heard of that. Uh, it's a really good movie. Yeah. It's like dark comedy mm. with uh, Colin Farrell. I forgot. Let me look it up. I forgot the other guy. He's like the big uh, blonde dude that's in a lot of like uh, British movies. In Bruges with uh, Marty McDonough, was mm. the director. Okay. And it's Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Ralph Fiennes, which is in Ralph Hell Caesar. Fiennes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of like weird small time actors. But that movie is really funny. Yeah. Really fucking funny. Yes. Really well shot. Looks beautiful. Mm. And uh, one of the best dark comedies that I've seen. It came out in 2008, I saw it in 2013. Uh, one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. Nice. A lot of symbolism with like religion and redemption and all that shit, but still manages to be really funny. So that's my pick of the week in Bruges uh, with Colin Farrell, directed by Marley McDonough. Nice. So check that shit out. All right. Well, uh, guys, next week we're gonna have our um, well in uh, in commemoration of Black History Month, we're gonna have a full episode. Now, what the the essence of Black History Month was to uh, to recognize the. Um, a large group of people that were essentially unrecognized. So what we want to do on this next episode, we're going to recognize the un- the under-acknowledged. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, in, in television, film, you know, every aspect, that doesn't mean um, just black uh, people, Asian people, or any particular group, you know, but the actual movie or television shows itself that are not being acknowledged for how good of a television or movie show yeah. it is. We're know? going to dig into a little bit of the sort of more independent mm-hmm. filmmakers for that episode. Definitely so. I, I've already got a couple of pigs. Nice. Uh, but I'll talk to you about them after we stop recording. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Late. Cheers. <laughs>